Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Good morning. Hey, Dad. Good afternoon, Bailey. I always say good morning, even though it's not afternoon for you. Um, I have news for you this this morning, this afternoon. Yes. I'm a haggling man on the marketplace. I did ride. <laughs> I just. I just. Oh, you hear that notification? That's uh, me winning Facebook Marketplace. You you won the whole Facebook marketplace? I did it. I, I came, I saw, I conquered. Um, I literally, <laughs> so um, I'm on Facebook marketplace and I see this mid-century teak piece of furniture and I need more storage because um, there's just not enough space in my one chest of drawers for like all of my clothing. Okay. And so um, right now I have it literally stacked on my suitcase, um, the clothing that I wear on a like that, that right there, like that little stupid stack. And then if I do laundry, it's completely covered in clothes. So I need a little chest of drawers and I've been looking for a chest of drawers for a while today on Facebook Marketplace. I saw one where the guy had replaced the original legs with those stupid little Ikea pin legs and it was listed for like 170 and i was like so i messaged him and i said hey um do you deliver because i don't have a truck first and most important question can you get it to my apartment and he said yes i do they'll put it in any room uh that you need for 25 pound i was like oh oh well okay and uh so i said are you willing to go down the price because it doesn't have the original legs on it and he said, um, well, I can put different legs on it for you. And I said, okay, can you send me a picture of the original legs? And he goes, yeah. And he sent me a screenshot. He sent me a screenshot of an Amazon listing for oak, like dresser legs. And I was like, so you don't have the originals? And he was like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so how about instead of he goes i'm willing to put these ones on and include the delivery fee for 180 and i was like 15 dollars off and you're putting on legs that i could put on myself no so i said um well don't even bother with the legs and i said if you don't even bother with the legs and just deliver it as is i'll give you 100 for it and he was like, no can do this kind of, uh, like antique sideboard goes for 400 pound with the original legs. And I was like, I didn't ask how much it would go for. If you had the original legs, buddy, I asked you to go down for a hundred. And instead of arguing with him, he said, no can do. So I just gave him the thumbs up. I thumbs up him. Okay. And that's, that's what, uh, we in the flirting biz called negging. So I, uh, I, I, I thumbsed up him. I guess I said, that's the kind of cool, kind of cool, hip young thing. I don't understand. Yeah. Somebody out there thinks that's funny. If, if you um, had given me that, uh, I would have been like, 
What? Yeah, That's he literally said no can do, and I just gave him the thumbs up. I said, okay. What are we talking about here? You're not going to take that? That's fine. That was my final offer. Thumbs up. Done. Walk away. And then he messages me and he goes, um, what? Uh, the legs are only 20 pounds. What makes you think I'd go down 70 for that? I was like, oh, we're still talking, are we? Okay. And I was like, time and labor? And he goes, 16 screws takes me 10 minutes would take you 20. And I said, sure. But for that 50 pound, you don't have to turn that fucker over. You can keep your screws and then your delivery guys don't have to worry about potentially banging it up up my staircase. Plus, it'll get it out of your door, which means that you have room for one of those 400 pound pieces you were talking to me about. And then he goes, 100 final offer. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Thank you, David. I will take it for 100. So I feel like a god. So you so you won a chess a, a an armoire. What is it? Yes, yes. For a hundred bucks. For a hundred bucks. Hundred pounds. I guess hundred pounds. Bucks, no matter what currency they're in, right? You can call them. No, they're quid technically. Quid. Yeah. Quid. Is that like yeah? So pro clo, cro, quo. Maybe. Maybe. Um. That. But yeah, I said sure, but it's Sorry. worth the I never fifty quid that. to get it out the door as is. Yeah. Well, I'm so we, smooth. You, yeah. Bailey, you are a um, negotiating <laughs> genius. Yeah. And don't let anybody tell you any different. Oh, that's awesome. And I don't even have to worry about it. I just hand the delivery guys 125 in cash. Yeah. When's it coming? Um, They said, um, he's asking what time and de uh, day and time suits me. So I'm going to tell him any time and day. Well, there you go. I work from home, baby. Whenever it's convenient for you, show up. In fact, if you want to show up here in two hours, that'd be great because then I can get my clothes off my top of my suitcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my news is I got a dresser, baby. You know, I, the the excitement of the hunt for you seemed like more fun than actually getting the. <laughs> the you know, I was I was just telling him that I said uh, I was uh, I was telling mom I like sent her the listing and and also um, you know I used to run a studio space in a old antique mall and um, I literally like my property manager was a vintage furniture reseller. Okay. And, um, what was weird about that was like, you would see his vintage furniture come in and then go. He also used Facebook marketplace a whole lot. Um, but because he'd been doing it for so long, a lot of people in the community knew him as the furniture reselling guy. And like, Oh, I'll just call Fletcher and then he'll clear out grandma's garage for me. Like that's like, he was the that junk guy. Yeah. So a lot of his vintage pieces, like some of the really great finds he got from like people who just didn't want to go through an estate sale process. So they would just call him and say, Hey, can you come with your truck and pick up this shit? 
please. So a lot of it was free. And then on top of that, even if it wasn't free, it was like, he'd get like a massive amount of furniture for like maybe a thousand bucks and then resell it and get the value off of the resale. So, um, I've come to like have a certain opinion about like buying vintage furniture, which is like, as much as it's listed, you can probably barter it down a lot. And if you can't, you'll know, like, 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 like with this guy, I was like, you know, if he wasn't willing to go down, he wouldn't be arguing with me. Like, <laughs> It was just a matter of finding the right price is what you're talking about. Babe. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, everything's for sale. It's just a matter of price. Yeah. And, it, and you know, so. and, and, and the, um, uh, the amount of how bad someone sell, wants to sell it is definitely a factor. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, even in the pictures, you could see that it was like in an old furniture warehouse. One of his argument points was he was like, you know, this is the cheapest piece I have. And I have two or three that are like a hundred pounds more at least. And I was like, well, good you know, for you. Like, I'm not asking what the most expensive thing in your store is. <laughs> <laughs> interested in I don't that. care if you have something that costs more. To sell more <laughs> like, stuff. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, he, he's, he's got stuff for sale, you know? Yeah. He was, well, and he, what his argument was, was he was trying to say, oh, well, this is as low as I would possibly go on a piece of furniture. It's the cheapest thing I have. You can't even do the cheapest thing I have. Uh, to which I say, if it's the cheapest thing you have, then you want it off your floor. Like, oh, so you don't want that? You want rid of it? Hello, that would be what I would like to do too. So, I, I, I get it. I, I was just thinking of um, the folks that um, call me trying to buy the the house that I that I used to own. So, like, right. they call up and they, you know, they want to there's a ton of these things going on right now. If you're a homeowner, they're like scrolling the homeowner roles and they're just like calling and texting people yeah, and trying to buy their properties. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I sold that place a year ago. So, <laughs> well, are you, I don't know if you know this, your, I already sold it like a year. Certain ago. databases uh -huh. still have your name attached to my phone number. Um, my U.S. phone number. So um, now I don't get junk calls, but I used to almost constantly get phone calls and emails for the that property because they thought I was you. Well, they're, they're so I'd get like are. it's just that you don't have that SIM card in your phone. <laughs> yeah. So that that honestly, when I came back in October, full. I had like three voicemails about like we would really love to talk to you about the uh, property in New Palestine. It's like yeah. and come June, they're going to be all over you for that again. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. No, I I find it like you know kind of frustrating. I, I it, it's a quick block for me though. You know. Yeah. Like you just go into the phone and block that number from contacting you. Yeah. I, I don't know like if you know this, but feature. there's more numbers that'll call you. <laughs> well, I know, but that, that feature one would have stop, been really but... great in the eighties. Yeah. Know? I uh, bet. When, you know, you had to answer the phone cause we didn't even have like, you know, caller ID didn't even happen until like the mid nineties. So, right. like, you know, you had to answer the phone and go, hello. 
Well, you remember um, before you knew one of the uh, things about there's a there's a plot in Sex in the City where um, they're talking about being afraid of dying alone and Carrie uh, screens her calls, right? Like, like she waits for the answering machine to catch it. And then she listens to the voicemail before answering the phone. And one of her friends like was literally choking like, like, and called Carrie to be like, Hey, I might die. Can you please come over here and like, give me the Heimlich maneuver. And, um, she was like, you know, I really, I'm sick of living alone. I can't do this. And she's like, if you have a problem, you just need to call me. And she was like, yeah, but you screen your calls. And I was thinking about that. Like I do that with my text messages, you know, like if someone emails me or texts me, I like let the face ID catch it and read the preview before I even open the read receipt. Um, and I was like, that's my version of screening calls. Like somebody could be texting me, but I'm going to read the text before they know I've opened it. Like, yeah, I don't like that you do that because then I don't know if you're alive or not. When I text, you. I think he, I think you should assume that I am alive until well, proven otherwise. I do, but you know, it's dad paranoia, right? I think it's a, I think it's more than dad paranoia. <laughs> I think in, it's I think it's that extra country kit. across the ocean. Something could have happened to her. And I don't know anyone else to call to check on her. So, you know, I would love to say it's dad paranoia. But dad, I have a prescription for a drug that says maybe it's legit, like gen, legit, genetically enhanced paranoia. Like, I don't know if it's generically enhanced or not, but I do know that, like, you know, if you just read the thing that I know that you're alive because you actually had to read it to do that well i probably did <laughs> the facetime the face id recognized <laughs> you and let you read it so yeah well and yeah. the the other thing about the face id which i find helpful is if i don't want to reply to something right away um i can read it and know whether or not i want to reply to it right away because if i open it then i have to reply to it right then or i will forget it's there hmm That's yeah interesting yeah, I need the notification to remind me or else I forget. Well, you can mark it as unread. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could. <laughs> I mean. You like that? Mind. Don't worry about me. Just, uh, I, you know, I'll just uh, text you 43 times if I'm really paranoid. Well, okay. Bailey, why aren't you know, you answering? You know what you uh, could say is you could say the thing that you wanted to say to me, and then you could follow it up with, hey, are you alive? And then I will text you back, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I'll, I'll, you know, that, that seems like something I need to do. I feel like It'll be better than you texting me 40 times. Well, you know, I don't think I've ever texted you 40 times without a response. That's a lot. No, I don't think. Well, you've gotten close because sometimes you get annoyed and you just bomb yeah. me. Yeah. No, that's that. You know, not now. I don't. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe when you were a teenager, I would. But you're not um, a teenager anymore, Bailey. So a recent topic has come up with uh, mom and I. I'm curious about your your take on it. Uh -oh. um, so I you know, RSVP'd for my friend Julia's wedding, which made me remember I had not RSVP'd for Sharon Sean's. Um, they knew I was coming. So like 
I'm a little bit like, oh, okay, I didn't do that. Yeah, but, but she still needs the RSVPs because like a it's a number that's calculated in a database. Yeah. Right. So I did actually RSVP for both weddings. I'm done. I'm in the system. I've done When's the thing. Julia's? Julia's is in October. Huh? Um, so yeah, I, but, um, regard, huh? Well, that's good. Cause I I've been meaning to ask you that actually as a side note. <laughs> um, but so regardless, um, it is the wedding invite week. And so I, it's not the same I, uh, though, the, Michael's is at the start of October. So, well, what day is it? I don't know if I should like announce Michael's wedding. Okay. Well, how about we table that discussion for, for after the record? And then, <laughs> so regardless, so Julie is getting married in October. Sharon and Sean are getting married. And so I was looking at their registry. Um, I already know what I'm getting them. So like looking at the registry was a little bit like just me having fun, but I brought up to mom, I was like, you know, um, these are one of the few things that I feel like maybe nobody tells you about. And so I asked her, I said, is it traditionally expected that you put dishware on your registry? Or is that just the thing that people tend to do? Like if you don't put dishware on here, is somebody going to be like, well, what the fuck? I was going to get you some wine glasses. <laughs> And now what wine glasses will I do? I guess no, I have I to pick. The thing is that a lot of people when they're getting married are like, um, they're, you know, they're, they're nesting in a new place or something. Right. I or, guess. Or, yeah. or, you know, say they might've lived together, but they're still like, you know, um, kind of clamoring together the stuff that they were handed out when they left for college or something. Right. Yeah. So they, they're, they're like, Hey, it would be nice to have an actual set of wine glasses or an actual set of dishes and not just, yeah. you know, the six plates that I got from Walmart when I moved out of the house and plus the five that grandma gave me and the, you know, old scrappy pans that I, you know, it's like a, if you yeah. want to get me a gift, this is cool stuff to get me. Cause our house, you know, we're kind of like building a new family. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I, I was just, it was, uh, I, especially like, um, I guess it makes sense for Julia and Bryce that they're kind of in the life space where it's like, okay, we've lived outside of our parents' home, like in this apartment for like two years, but we're probably going to start hosting more and more as time goes on and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. It's a, it's a grown up thing to, to ask for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't, uh, what, what, what else would you ask for, uh, for wedding gifts? You know, I mean, if the covered is a little bear, we'd like a copy of M Dragon Ball Z Monopoly and maybe a <laughs> ticket to ride. You know, I mean, I mean, there are games that are in the wedding gift <laughs> price range. I'm going to just put it out there. Like you could definitely get like a $40 board game. And I think that that would be a perfectly fair I wedding. I really gift. want the deluxe cards against humanity set. So, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I like, like mom was talking about, she was like, well, some people I've been to weddings well for have like camping gear on their registry. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's well, <laughs> like, that, that makes sense. Sure. It might be campers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or like the one thing I was thinking of was like, if someone's spending like 
over a hundred dollars on me, I would want it to be like a good bike that's going to last for a long time. Right. Some like of them have uh, some of the registries I've seen lately have a thing where you can like contribute toward bigger gifts. Like instead yeah. of, instead of like, well, I mean, they might have gifts on there as well, but they're like, you know, contribute toward our honeymoon as like one yeah. of the gifts. And so like the honeymoon's going to cost like a couple grand cause they're going to travel somewhere. Right. So yeah. you can just like give 50 bucks toward their honeymoon. Yeah. And I, I like that idea too. Like, I yeah. think that like having a honeymoon fund makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and they have that on the, on some of the gift registry things. I've seen it definitely. Yeah. And uh, for sure. usually I'm kind of like in the camp of wanting to kind of lean that way. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like, Hey, that's, that's kind of cool. I like that. You know, um, see, I usually go for a bottle of liquor. Yeah. In the past, I what do. we've done, uh, is cutting boards, like get like a custom one made with their name, like kind of burnished in it. We've done that before. Yeah. That's I, um, for the last friend wedding I went to where I caught the bouquet, important to note. Wow. I caught the bouquet. That's um, for me. I mean, I, I just want you to know that I have good hand-eye coordination sometimes. Okay. And so regardless, at this wedding, my gift was a bottle of champagne. And I specifically remember going into the store with the wine cellar and then going to the wine guy and being like, hey, I'm looking for a gift for my friend's wedding. What bottle of champagne says love is eternal? And he goes, I don't know if I'm the guy to ask because... I just got divorced. <laughs> and I well, said, that exactly, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't say you're not still in love. I mean, you can get divorced and still be in love. I was going to say, I, I, I think that my response was something like, ass, well, I feel like maybe you could use your experience to take a crack at it. Like there's definitely things that don't say love is eternal. Show me your love is eternal face. Um, he might've, he might've had eternal love, but she didn't or vice versa. Well, I'm just saying that was his, it, that was his dead on immediate response. He was, it was like, it was at the forefront of his mind. And then I just came in and asked the wrong question, you know? I mean, yes. I, it, apparently the, the divorce was fresh and you were. Yeah. And I just, I poked prying, the bear. Prying eyes. I know. I know. <laughs> but, uh, but I imagine working in a wine place probably isn't like the best place to go through a divorce. Uh, no, it probably is actually you probably have lots of people coming in. I'm getting divorced. What's good. What, what, what kind of, well, let me, maybe if he were a bourbon place, no, no, I'm getting divorced. What kind of wine should I go for? Well, let me, let, let me show you the boxed wine, sir. It's <laughs> let me take you through our boxed selections. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of slapping the bag? Um, <laughs> Hey, you know, uh, we, we have the Chateau Lafitte 74, but it's really <laughs> expensive. However, I can take you over here to the, to the boxed wine section and get you curly Q's grape. <laughs> Is this more of like a celebration or a wallowing divorce? Uh, if it's a wallowing, let's go with Mel's Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm looking for more of a wallow wine. And this is, this stuff's a dollar a box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we also want to show you to the emodium section because you're going to need some of that after. 
<laughs> um, so I've, I've been asked recently, and this, this only barely relates to what we were talking about. I've been asked recently, um, whether or not I like urn brew. And at first I was like, oh yeah, it's just ginger soda. And it is. Um, so urn brew for those uh, uninformed is like the Scottish soda. Um, it's spelled I-R-N-B-R-U, urn brew. And, um, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. It is like ginger soda, but there's this bit of like super saccharine sweet that tastes just like child's cough syrup. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it tastes like, it's like drinking robot fussing. I mean, robot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like drinking robot It like literally it reminds me so much of being sick as a kid. Or, and then mom would take me into the bathroom and make me drink like the cough syrup from the spoon. What was, were you actually sick or were you just whining? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, and honestly, I don't even know that I could tell the difference at the time. So, <laughs> robot fussing. Yeah. Whenever she's fussing, give her some robot fussing. Did it work? Did yes. Did did drugging you as a child with Robitussin work when you were whiny? I got to tell you, I I remember that taste so distinctly, and it makes a lot of sense that the you just handed that, me like, that so you know, that I would, would shut up. Like, you 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 were such a screamer that you would have a sore throat, and you couldn't really tell if you were sore throat because you had been screaming, or because you actually had a real like something going on. You know? Yeah, so, that makes sense. That, it's it's been an age old question, really. Was three-year-old Bailey actually sick, or was she just had a sore throat from talking screaming the loudest so much. volume she can all day? You know, people still ask me that. And it wasn't just a loud volume. It was literally like a scream talk. <laughs> Every, I, you had no volume control at like three. You know what? I still don't. Yeah, I mean. I still do not. It was an utter lack of volume control. Now I'm a little better, but I still talk loud. You know, I, 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 it will ask you, why are you screaming at me? I'm not screaming at you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why are you screaming at me? This is know. feedback I've heard before. Can we soften our tone a little? It sounds like you're shouting. <laughs> I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> you don't have mm -hmm. to yell it. Um, we can, we can fix lunch. Uh, <laughs> shouty child well but we didn't give you wine we satiated no. you with robot fussing instead robot fussing it is yeah and then later they said that that stuff is not good for kids you know it was robot for kids but you know they started not doing it anymore like in the or in the 2000s yeah well um lord knows how i will experience that later on but I don't know what kind of, it may have given you all kinds of problems that we don't even know about now. Well, I mean, you weren't watching too closely. Are we sure I don't glow in the dark? You do glow in the dark, but that's just oh. you're beautiful. Aw, look at you. I'm, Flattery will give you, get you everywhere. Well, I don't want to be everywhere. I'm good with that, but. Uh, I've been everywhere, man. I'm an around. Oh, wow. You're, you're really, you're going back to the sixties. Like. Is that okay? Yeah. That that's a that's a, a song. Oh gosh, who who did that first? I, I know Johnny Cash did a version. 
but he wasn't the one that did it first. There was someone right. before him. Um, and if Patrick were on the call, he would tell us. My friend Patrick. He mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Z. Patrick right? No, Patrick Z. Uh, oh, okay. Patrick has uh, he plays that song and he talks about who Roger Miller. That's what it is. Roger Miller. Mm -hmm. He says everybody thinks this is a Johnny Cash song, but it's actually a Roger Miller song. Hmm. And uh, he plays it. And he does all those different cities, you know, Hiawatha, Arnawatha, Mexico, all the towns. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's impressive. It's well, he has been everywhere, man. So like, you gotta be specific. Yeah. Well, have you really been everywhere? Yeah. I, I've been everywhere, man. I haven't, but that's okay. I'm cool with not being everywhere. You've been a lot more places than me. In fact, I know this about you. You've been yeah. all over the UK and I haven't. It's uh it's weird sometimes. Like I I don't know if I've ever, I probably told you this story but I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast. There was a there was a time when mom and I went to St. Louis for the weekend, right? Because I had already accepted an internship there. I knew I was going to live there for 2 months over the summer. Right. <laughs> And we specifically went went to St. Louis that weekend to look around, learn the neighborhoods. I think I got a coffee with my internship coordinator. And then um, there were two other goals, which was I was looking for a part time job so that I'd have like some spending cash. And I was looking for a place to live. I was really worried about that to look for when you're moving somewhere. Yeah. Um, yes. So like those two things were important, like having money and having a place to sleep, like were my two important things. And, um, I remember we were sitting at a coffee shop. I was reading the local like alternative press, which is the river riverfront times, the RFT, if you're from St. Louis. Um, and I had just found a listing for, the Opera Theater of St. Louis was hiring out their summer staff. I, you know, got my summer job through that listing in RFT, um, which was awesome. But then I remember looking at her mom, writing down the information, sending out the email that I needed to. And I looked up at her and I said, yeah, there aren't many like listings, listings for sublet in this. Like, where do you think I should be looking for that sort of thing? Like, I don't know where to start even. And mom goes, well, Bailey, I don't, I've never experienced that either. <laughs> and I was like, it just occurred to me that like I was entering into a stage in my life where a lot of the things I was going to experience were going to be things that you guys wouldn't necessarily have experienced either. And I would kind of be on my own in a lot of ways. Like, like um, doing things that we wouldn't even do in some cases as well. Yeah. Yeah. Be like making just very different decisions from what you guys wanted to do or did do. Um, and kind of being like, Oh, well, I guess I'm going to just have to figure this one out. Huh? I, okay. I, honestly, I actually did do an internship in uh, Nashville. And so I had to go and uh, find a place to live in Nashville. How'd you find your sublet? I didn't sublet. I just rented an apartment because I just, I, 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 I knew I wasn't just going to be there for the, Oh, okay. So you were there for longer. I decided that I would live in, I, when, when I, when I got my internship in Nashville, I knew that I would end up, I would just stay in Nashville. 
And I, oh, never, okay. I actually never planned on moving back to Indiana, but it, it, it happened that way. But um, my uh, finding an apartment, though, was, you know, this is like 1994, right? So I, um, there, there, you know, there was online stuff, like, you know, to, to look up and things like that. So what I actually did was I, uh, I actually looked uh, around at some places that might be uh, possible. And then I went to Nashville on a weekend or like for, it was actually on spring break that year. Mm -hmm. I went to Nashville for like, I want to say three, three days or so. Uh -huh. uh, and I stayed in Woodbury at, at, at my cousin's house. Right. And, um, and then I, you know, drove up and, and, and around and I got the local newspapers so, uh, I guess that's similar to what you did, right? Yeah. So I got the local newspapers and saw who had apartments for rent. And then I, um, I went to the offices of them and got there. They had like sheets, you know, like these. Yeah. Are the, like you went to the letting agencies and said, Hey, I'm looking for an apartment. You need to show me everything you have available. Right. It was like the office of the apartment complexes. So there were like three or four different ones I went to and got their like pricing sheets for stuff. Oh, and, okay. Um, they had like these sheets and it would say, you know, two bedroom and it'd have a little like picture of the floor plan, you know, one bedroom and a picture of the floor plan. It's like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> how much it was a month. Mm -hmm. I think that my, uh, I ended up renting one in Murfreesboro, which is a, a suburb of Nashville. Right. And, um, the, I want to say that it was $305 a month for the one bedroom apartment. Right. I, it was, it was something like that. It was just a little bit over $300 a month, which in 1994 would probably be like about a, a thousand dollar a month apartment now. Yeah. That's crazy to think about it, but yeah. Um, I mean, it would probably be more than that in Murfreesboro, to be honest. It's probably like, you know, 1500 or something. I mean, Murfreesboro yeah. has... Uh, really shot up. Yeah. And, yeah. It and, and, and it's a college town, too. There's uh, Middle Tennessee State University is there, which is a fairly large university. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so when I moved here... Kind of why I wanted to move there, actually, because I knew the... Um, when it, you know, when I was looking, you knew the, the population was going to be younger. There, there were there were people around that were you know younger, and I, I, I and in that apartment complex was a whole lot of students. So yeah, that was kind of um, that was kind of why I picked Southside, not because there was a college nearby. Actually, um, kind of avoided the West End of Glasgow because there's a really big university there, and um, I don't know why, but like living here and being mistaken for a student actually really kind of gets under my skin. Like, I don't like that. Um, it bothers me to like have people thinking I'm still like a step away from living in a dorm. Like, that's just weird for me. Um, so I was looking for areas that were like young professional hubs like known for being like where young professionals lived. Um, but also I went on tours like all around the city. I basically just went through like the listing websites like Zoopla and Rightmove and everything that was in my price range and looked okay. I immediately like booked in a tour and had to like, it was like, 
the first week I lived here, I booked tours in like, I want to say like five or six different apartments, just like tour after tour after tour. One day I had three tours back to back and the place I'm living in now was the first tour that day. Um, and I called them and like, basically what I did was as soon as I toured the apartment, they were like, okay, well, if you're interested in the apartment, like, please just call our offices and then we'll let you know. And I literally called them right after I did the tour, like wasn't even a block away and called them and said, Hey, I'm interested in the apartment. Let me know if it's available. Uh, and then walked to the next tour, did that tour. That one had like the sketchiest bathroom I've ever seen in my entire life. Like literally it was like, I was standing oh, some pretty sketchy bathrooms. Let's not say. Okay. Okay. But I like stepped in front I, of I the mean, toilet I, and the floor started giving way. I mean, I've been in the melody Inn bathroom. Okay, Bailey. That's fair. That's you know what? At least that one's on the ground floor, though. Like, imagine the Mel bathroom, but it's three stories up, and you're and thinking you're to yourself, to no. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah." So, so, and and you and me, we've been in that bathroom in fucking Austin, Texas, where the the stall doors were above the toilet. So, so like when I say it was a sketchy bathroom, I need you to believe me. <laughs> Well, uh, that wasn't even the most disturbing part of that place. That wasn't in Austin, though. That was in Amarillo, right? Oh, yeah, it was in Amarillo. Yeah, in, in Amarillo. And that, that, that like, um, the, uh, the, the, the both entrances came to the, the one same? bathroom stall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. One, one entrance says men's, one says women's, but they both go into the same room. <laughs> yeah, they're all one big, they're all one big room. And then that woman tried to yell at you for being in the women's restroom. You know, uh, you, you know, you hear these complaints about like having uh, same sex bathrooms. And I'm like, so they separated them. They just had, <laughs> they just have the same sink. <laughs> there were yeah. two different entrances on, on opposite sides of the room. One for men, one for women, but um, it was the but same. But they joined room. together. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, why are you in here? And she's like, it's the women's. I'm like, it is not like, no, it is. <laughs> you like open the door and hold it open for a second. See, it's a woman on the door. I'm like, huh? Well, that one's got a guy on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was a sketchy bathroom. And the so uh, he goes like, tell me if you're interested. I was like, I will. And then I was like, I'm never fucking calling you. Like that is insane. And it was more expensive than what I would have been paying. Now I would have been paying like $50 more a month for the sketchiest bathroom I've ever walked into. Well, um, and then said, the, 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 maybe the sketchiest in a home. Okay. Yes. Sketchiest in a home. Yeah. Uh, and then and I, that same trip, there were some mighty sketchy bathrooms like that one out in the middle of the desert at that rest stop off of a, it wasn't even yeah. like, there were no exits. It was just like you turn into the parking lot and it was a rest stop because it was the only thing for like a hundred miles. Yeah. That bathroom was fairly sketchy. And that what I love, it looked like a great place to have the opening scene of CSI or Criminal Minds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, what I loved about like doing those tours was it really taught me that like when it comes to prices of apartments, sometimes there is literally no distinction with prices. Like there was another one that was like on a really inconvenient side of town and it was maybe like $25 cheaper than this apartment. And it was on the top floor and the living room was like slanting severely down. 
like clearly the like subflooring was collapsing in the living room. And the guy giving me the tour was like, oh, yeah, the landlord said she'd use the first couple months of rent to fix that. <laughs> no, no, she's not. I will not be living here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who is this landlord, Kirk? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, good. So in a few months, I can argue with her to get that fixed. That would be fun. Speaking of Kirk, but I was thinking of Captain Kirk uh, as an aside, because oh. at Clues Hall here soon, they're having um, William Shatner is coming to Clues Hall and they're going to show like Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. You know, mm -hmm. Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. And right. afterward is like an hour and a half of William Shatner, like talking about behind the scenes Star Trek stuff and answering questions. Okay. The crowd. That's cool. See, now there's going to be like a total geek fest at Clues Hall. I agree. And you know what? I, I fully support the Geeks Fest. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that if Bailey was here, she'd be at it. Yeah, I would. I would. I wouldn't even ask a question. I'd just sit there and observe. Like that sounds lovely. <laughs> so it's like one of those rooms you just walk into to watch the world turn. You know, I'm like, this is a really cool concept. I love that. Yeah. Like you know, um, especially since you know Captain Kirk's pretty much the only crew member left of the original Star Trek. I I like the idea of um like literally watching a piece of media with the person in it as like a public event. Like the, I like the that idea. I think that that would be interesting. Like um I'd love to watch Clueless with Paul Rudd. Yeah, or, or would you rather watch it with um <sighs> You try and remember the girl's name, huh? Alicia Silverstone. I would also uh, you know what? I would love to sit between Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd and watch Clueless. That's my that's my ideal Friday night. Why Clueless though? Because Paul Rudd has such better movies. Um, I here's the thing: he may have better movies in general, but as far as movies that Paul Rudd is in that I enjoy, Clueless is my favorite Paul Rudd movie. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I, I have no I have no other thing. I, I was having a similar conversation with Harrison earlier this week because Harrison was visiting me right. and we were talking movies and we had just both watched um, You People, which is uh, the new um, it's on Netflix, I believe um, it's why can't I remember his name? He was in Super Bad. He was in. Uh, Moneyball. He was in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, you mean? Um, oh, I don't know why I can't remember his name right now either. Jonah. Not, Jonah it's Hill. not Seth, is it? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Thank you, God. It was like, <laughs> I know it was hurting me. So Jonah Hill wrote and I think he produced and directed um, a rom com uh, called You People, where he, a Jewish man, it falls in love with a black Muslim woman and they have to like basically navigate like the political incorrectness or correctness of their lives and how it affects their marriage. Um, really on the nose comedy. Eddie Murphy's in it as as the father of the bride. 
and just a really um, just a reverent comedy. And so it's a rom-com, 100% a rom-com. And Harrison was saying that it got really, really bad reviews because people were saying that like, oh, it was like poorly written or whatever. And I was like, I think that they're judging it by like super bad or Moneyball or Wolf of Wall Street standards because it's Jonah Hill, but they shouldn't be judging it by those film standards. They should be judging it by rom-com standards. And as a rom-com script, it's fantastic. Like as a rom-com, it is one of the best rom-coms I've ever seen because it like does something completely different. Like it's a true love story um, in a way that like rom-coms kind of fail to show true love stories. Like there's a scene where Jonah Hill and her are like in the bathroom talking to each other. And she says something along the lines of like, um, just so you know, I don't fuck just anybody. So like whether you like it or not, we're a thing now. And Jonah Hill just like smiles and he says, you know, I, I was going to say something similar, except I was going to be a little less 14 year old junior high about it. Um, and I, like, I remember laughing out loud and I was literally like, that is exactly what a couple would say. Like, like that is 100% the we are dating conversation and to see it in a movie. What's the name of the show? You people. It's a, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. Okay. Yeah. I might have to check it out. I'm yeah, just, like, it's, I was thinking of Paul Rudd though, and like all of the great movies that he's been in. Cause yeah, there's just tons of them, and like I know, it's funny that you but, pick out Clueless because, like, I I think of that movie like as a bit part kind of thing for him. No, he, he was he, the love interest. He was yes, but I'm just saying like Alicia Silverstone's in every frame of the movie, right? So yeah, I'm I'm not saying he's it. the main character. Right. Of clueless but he I'm is just, the second most important person in clueless right well and he's he's that he's that uh he's an he's a a, a supporting actor in a lot of really good comedies like, mm -hmm. um and, and um like for example i don't like i don't know if you know this one or not it's called wet hot american in summer of course i know wet hot american and that, summer and, then, and like yeah. he's an anchor man He's like, yeah, but he's a way supporting role. That's like saying 40 year old virgin, you know, and, like and he's in 40 year old virgin. He's a, you know, a, a supporting role player. And like, that's what I said. He's like a really good supporting role player in a whole bunch of really great comedies. Yeah. You know, and um, he's in he's in like knocked up and um, and the oh, fuck yeah. knocked up. Talk yeah. about movies I would watch with Seth, Seth Rogen. My God. <laughs> yeah, I would. I watch. I would watch. Here's the thing. I would want to watch back to back knocked up and Zach and Mary make porno with Seth Rogen. Really? What, yeah. In I, fact, actually I would like to watch every single Seth Rogen movie with Seth Rogen, including super bad and then go through Zach and Mary and, um, knocked up. I would do, I would do pineapple express with Seth Rogen. This is the end. I would watch that shit. Yeah. In this fact, I would I want like, to smoke. I like, I like this is the end better every time I see it. Like, in my mind, by the way, we're in California, a legal state, and we are smoking uh, Seth Rogen's weed, and we are dipping it off the ash in Seth Rogen's hand-thrown pottery ashtray. Um, that's how you watch that shit. No. Um, I, I'm sorry, Dad. I love you, but Sounds I think like that you are a fool be. by not taking that opportunity. Yeah, no. Um but but it's okay. I mean, it, it's just you know. That's like not smoking weed with Willie Nelson. That's like Willie Nelson offering yeah. you a blunt and you going, "No, thank you. I'm good. I don't I smoke did, weed." Actually, 
I know this about you and it hurts my body. <laughs> I mean, there was plenty of it in the air. I didn't need to inhale any on my own. I mean, I like not because I could help it. Um, <laughs> Did Snoop Dogg offer you a blunt too, Dad? No, I never met Snoop Dogg, but uh huh. But you did turn down Willie Nelson's weed. I didn't, need weirdo. You freak. Yeah. Do you think that happens to him a lot? Yes. People it turn down a, his weed. It happened a lot in that room. I was not alone. Well, uh, now. There, you know, there, there, there was a definite uh, seventy thirty split. So let's be fair. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like an even insane amount. <laughs> like you'd think it'd be like ninety five five. No, no. I mean the the uh, uh, the there's there was just a large amount of it in the air anyway. So it wasn't like necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, let's see. Um, no, I was saying that, um, I, 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 I think that it's kind of funky that like, I mean, really the biggest Paul Rudd thing is that he's Ant-Man. Um, yeah, but I don't really uh, feel like rewatching Ant-Man. You're not a Marvel person, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like star of (laughs) Ant-Man and I understand biggest movie franchises and history. I get it. I do. Yeah. Uh, Not my personal favorite of his. I want to sit next to him at a Clueless show. Yeah, mainly because I just re- I would rewatch Clue. I want to rewatch Clueless right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would definitely um, watch whatever Paul Rudd wanted to watch, but I would probably pick I. Love I mean, Man to sit next to him at. Oh, I would. I would. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Honestly, you know what? I would ask. I'd want want Jason Siegel to be there because I want (laughs) to hang out with both of them. I I would also want to hang out with Jason Siegel. (laughs) I think that Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel of the whole Judd Apatow, like, you know, comedy troupe, you know what I'm saying? Paul Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel seem like the the coolest guys to hang out with. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Uh, Seth would be way too into the pot, right? And not mm-hmm. into hanging out, it seems like, right? I mean, <laughs> and then, I bet I bet Seth is Seth I mean, Rogen. It's sort of like the movie This Is the End. Like, if, if those are like, you know, takeoffs on their whole personalities, there, there, were, there were a lot of self centered guys, and then there were the guys that were. <laughs> I think they more. were actually making fun of who people think they are. Well, I know but, that. that's what I'm saying. They were, yes. Yeah. But they were, they they were uh, making fun of the whole fact that like all they 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 all seem a little self-centered, and they're not afraid to say, you know what, I kind of am, and this is the way I yeah. am. <laughs> and let's yeah. make it really funny, you know. And, mm-hmm. and then the people who weren't self-centered were kind of like the ones who, you know, either uh, you know took them down in some way or got away from them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, um, uh, oh, Channing Tatum in that is I <laughs> cried with laughter when he showed up. <laughs> that was so funny. It was so good. It was it was it, it's, it's even better on second watch because, <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> right. Well, the other thing is, like, you're not shocked by it. And you so you catch things better. Like, yeah, things are so like out left field on a lot of the things. 
I, I'm going to be honest with you. There are a few um, just absolutely gritty moments of comedy that I sometimes look up on YouTube for a quick laugh. One of them is Peter Griffin falling down the stairs, um, which I'll never stop laughing at. It's so funny. Um, and the other is Rihanna slapping uh, Michael Sarah in the face really fucking hard. <laughs> Michael Sarah in that took a like, I mean... <laughs> When he, when he blows the cocaine and so hey does this smell like cocaine to you <laughs> and he grabs rihanna's ass and she smacks the living daylights out of him he just hits the ground the, the the funny thing is though my favorite character in the whole thing is danny mcbride yeah <laughs> because he shows up and just starts cooking all the food <laughs> He's been asleep. He passed out drunk and missed the whole thing. Yeah. Wakes up with everybody else asleep and cooks mm -hmm. up all their food, you know, and then mm -hmm. come in and he's just acting like it's no big deal. <laughs> he didn't even look outside. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and of course, you know, what he does to Channing Tatum is, you know, priceless. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, I uh, the, 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 and the funny thing about that movie is like the stars, there's so many stars in it, right? Like there's like yeah. an entire huge, you know, mass master list of stars in it. <laughs> so it, I remember about that movie, I saw it in theaters and I remember because it came out the same week as a Simon Pegg movie called The World's End, uh -huh. um, which they had very similar names. So we watched them back to back. We like did a double feature at the movie theater. We watched um, This Is The End and then we watched The World's End like back to back. And they're both apocalyptic comedies. Um, the world's end is about, uh, I think it's about an alien invasion thing, but it's like an alien invasion bar crawl. Um, and it's very, very good. Um, but it also, I think it was one of those Simon Pegg movies that just became like a nothing movie. Mm -hmm. So like once it happened, it was like a flash in the pan and nobody ever spoke about it again. But it's funny to me that that was the flash in the pan um, because the person I watched This Is The End with, um, it was like a friend's mom hated it, thought it was absolutely like the most <laughs> vulgar thing she'd ever seen in it her was. entire life. I mean, I'll give, and, I'll give her, it, it was very vulgar. I'm not even... And by comparison, the world's end seemed like milk toast to her. <laughs> uh, you know what? That is what that is what Seth Rogen would find the funniest. <laughs> yeah, that we then watched. Uh, that we then watched uh, uh, a fucking Simon like Pegg film. Any of the guys that made the this is the end, right? Yeah. James Franco, any of those guys. You're like, look, we watched this back to back with this mom. And yeah, she watched it and she thought it was the most vulgar thing she'd ever seen. And she watched this other movie with Simon Pegg and thought, this is really, really wholesome. <laughs> she, didn't even, she didn't even have anything to say about it. And it's literally like a Simon Pegg bar crawl movie. Like... Right. <laughs> Simon Pegg would even think that's funny. 
<laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mean, that's great. Yeah, and we watched them back to back simply <laughs> because it was like, oh, well, these seem I mean, like similar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll read you. I have the IMDb pulled up. The description of The World's End is five friends who reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years earlier unwittingly become humanity's only hope for survival. <laughs> Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Martin Freeman star. <laughs> It needed to have Morgan Freeman in it. That's what it needed. Well, yeah, but it was British. So, <laughs> so um, the, the 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 other thing I remember about this is the end that I loved was like you know the people who weren't self centered like Emma Watson. Oh, Emma Watson in that. <laughs> and, and she was Emma like, Watson was like the protagonist that just disappeared almost immediately, right? Well, they 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 were gonna uh, you know. Uh, they kept talking about uh, having sexual something with her. And yeah, they were talking about raping her. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> she, she, she just beat him up and left. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm sorry, you're talking about which one gets to fuck me. I'm gonna take your food and this gun and leave. Like, <laughs> don't be saying that about Hermione. Yeah, <laughs> they were calling her Hermione too. Yeah, <laughs> which was pretty funny. <laughs> but I, I um which is uh actually onto we've been talking about like what you are doing this week I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy which is the new um Harry Potter video game right yeah it's not really Harry Potter it's like way before it's set way before the Harry Potter era at Hogwarts yeah um, and um the um like for example in book seven of the Harry Potter series you hear about a former headmaster who is in one of the portraits that goes and helps him a lot. His he's Phileas Nigellus Black, and he's like Sirius Black's grandfather or great grandfather or something. Yeah. Um, but he um, he is the headmaster at Hogwarts in the game. Mm -hmm. so that's how when it was, and Matilda Weasley is the deputy headmistress, mm -hmm. so, which is a descendant of you know all the Weasleys we see in the Harry Potter books. So yeah. Um, it um but the the there are two things about it that i really i think it's totally worthwhile one is they the previous games that we that they have come up with that were like on ps2 level and things i think maybe one of them was ps3 right mm -hmm. it was a while ago and all of those games kind of followed like a, a script like the book like a book script or you know or the movie script or whatever right mm -hmm. Um, this is not that like there, there's a storyline going on inside there, but it's really an open world, um, RPG. So mm -hmm. it's like playing a legend of Zelda game. Ooh, okay. Um, where, you know, you've got a lot of things that you need to gather and do and, 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 and you know, to be part of the role you're playing in the game. Um, but you still got a little bit of a storyline you're walking along to try and figure things out. Right. Mm -hmm. But the imagination of the, uh, of the open world and the details of everything are on par with like, uh, breath of the wild or, or twilight princess or something like that, where you're just able to explore and see some really cool set pieces, some really awesome uh, battles that you have to be in. Um, mm -hmm. Parts of it kind of feel like uh, Indiana Jones in some ways because you're unearthing artifacts. 
Um, you know, <laughs> right. So it's, um, I mean, it's just, it's just fabulous. Like I love it in every way. <laughs> it's, it's the best game that's come out since, uh, the last of us, um, for me. <laughs> that's fantastic. I've been meaning to get my hands on it. Yeah. Um, mainly because I'm like, Ooh, I get to play at my own house and get my own wand. Yes. And put so. it on the lowest level that you <laughs> yes i will that's my favorite thing to do you know that about me i love putting a game on the lowest possible level i remember when we were playing like uncharted 2 yeah and um which you know everyone knows when you put it on the hardest level uncharted 2 is almost impossible although yeah. i have beat it on crushing but brag a little bit why don't Bailey you puts it on you know, i do beginner we'll see that's what, yeah. that's, what, that's what it should say in there. <laughs> I want it to be so easy I can breeze through it. Well, I mean, I remember the first time I came in and you were playing it. Like, I came in after work one day and you're playing it. And you're walking literally right out in the middle of things. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because you can just walk through it when it's you're easy. right through there and things are shooting you. And it's like you're Superman and the bullets are bouncing off of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to get shot like 6,000 times in order to die. So you're just uh -huh. like walking right out in front of them and shooting them like. <laughs> yeah. Right. You Fuck right you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. It's fun like that. Yeah. I enjoy uh, I mean, it. I don't know why people always criticize that. I think if you want to play it on the lowest possible setting, you should do that. Well, I mean, you're the you're the target audience for that setting. I am. It should say Bailey's setting. Which, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm okay with that. Total. I think happiness. I think that people are too preoccupied with, oh, it's just so hard and I'm going to conquer it when they <laughs> should be just enjoying their silly little game. I'm kind of you on know? the other side. I like the, I like the challenge of the game to some degree. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I've seen you try and play the puzzles in Uncharted the first time through, and it is the silliest thing I've ever seen. Well, the puzzles aren't the hard part. The real puzzles are trying to fight through some of those rooms. Apparently the puzzles are. Because yeah, I've seen are. you take a good two hours and you're like, I don't know how this works. Well, you really? Know, maybe. You just match the pictures there, buddy. Like, but that's not that's not leveled. It's the same puzzle no matter how hard it is. I understand that. That's what I'm saying. Is like that's not that's not the hard part of the game. The hard part of the game is when you get into like Uncharted Four and the it's like a five story ballroom and there's like twenty eight thousand giant beasties coming out the corners of the room. Yeah, uh, except that's not a puzzle. That's just a no. It is a puzzle. Of, it's a total puzzle because sure. like, you can't beat it unless you do it in a certain order. You have to figure out how to take the people out in the right order so you don't die before you get through. Like you, that's why it takes so long because you're trying to figure out the. And you start progressing through it because you figure out, oh, if I kill these two first, then I have a chance to get over here and get out of these. So it's like a really strategic 3D puzzle, basically, on how to shoot. Made of killing people. Out. Yeah. But, you know. If Yay. Daily level, you just kind of walk in there and give them all one shot. No sense wasting ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like, you actually get a sneak attack a lot of people that way, by the way. You like to do it like uh, the Kobayashi Maru with Captain Kirk in the in the new Star Trek. You know, here's the thing, Dad. Uh, you you say <laughs> this like each. No need to waste ammunition. Yeah, because <laughs> it's rigged. <laughs> he, he's rigged the program. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
He did. No, no need to waste ammunition. Just one port and torpedo each. <laughs> right. <laughs> Arm photon torpedoes. The shields are coming down. Are they? <laughs> what i love is that uh, you know spock gets so upset with that he's like do you do, you're not supposed to win you're supposed to lose and he and lose he goes yeah that's stupid i don't believe in no win scenarios <laughs> you shouldn't train people to die that's weird <laughs> Well, that's not what they're training him for. They're training him to be cool and calm under all circumstances. But yeah, and he was he was very he cool was. and calm. <laughs> Mainly because it wasn't a no lose scenario for him. <laughs> it was it was absolutely no way he could lose scenario for yeah. him. He didn't just make it winnable. <laughs> he put it on Bailey level. Hey, uh, that's the fun of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so did you do your girl Gilmore Girls assignment? No, I did not. You didn't? What? Nope, I didn't. I failed you. You haven't? didn't watch Gilmore Girls at all this week, actually. In two weeks, you couldn't watch three episodes. Well, you see, uh, I had a friend in town, and then I also watched all of Blackbird. Ah, which was oh, a lot. Finish, uh, did you finish Ted Lasso? You had you said you had a couple episodes left. Yes, I did finish it. No, 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 no. I haven't watched the last episode yet. I need to. Oh, okay. That's the yeah. one I want to talk about with you. So maybe by next week we'll we'll get that. Yeah, I need to. I need to sit down and watch it because the new se- the new season starts like the fifteenth of March. Ooh, that's soon. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to add that to our docket because they, yeah. they they only put those out a week at a time. It's Ted, Ted Lasso. Yeah, I need to watch it. Uh, I so you're you're onto the, the the last one. So you've seen the um the scene uh, at the funeral, right? Where um uh, Keely says to Roy, you know, what what would you what would you want to do if you got hit by a bus today? What would you want me to do? I'd want you to go after the motherfucker who hit me and avenge me, Keely. Avenge me. <laughs> <laughs> Keely's just like speechless. I love that. Because she's standing there thinking to herself, how the fuck would I do that, buddy? Like avenge me, Keely. He like he furrows his brow and looks at her like kind of through his eyebrows. <laughs> so I've started following the guy who plays Roy. And what's really funny is that, you know, Roy is putting on a, he's putting on a voice for Roy. And I was like, Oh good. Cause I was really worried that you like talked like that all the time. <laughs> I, I love his theme. Like his, mm-hmm. uh, his chant. He's here. Yeah. He's there. He's every fucking where Roy where? can't, you know, Roy can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, of course, uh, his um, every every time somebody asks him about Jamie Tart, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he should burn and die in a little hellfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always something along the lines of I think he's a little bitch who shouldn't be allowed to play football for a living because it like goes straight to his head. Like, <laughs> I, 
I think he's a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely on this one. <laughs> I like how um when when Keely's like Okay, now that we've had this talk, I need to tell you right now, I had I had sex with Jamie last night and he goes, "You what?" And she goes, "Well, I you know, I was getting the impression that you didn't actually like me and Jamie was there and so I had sex with him." And he was like, "But I just and she was like, "And I'm aware of what you just said, but uh you know, I didn't know that at the time." So, and then he just doesn't even say anything. He just leaves the room and then Ted's like, do you want some advice? <laughs> and the advice is basically, maybe you should suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 well, and they're, they're the diamond dogs, right? Yeah, the diamond like, dogs. He, he, says, woo, woo. Like, he says, so this diamond dogs thing, this is like, y'all just sit around and talk about stuff. And sometimes there's an answer and sometimes there isn't. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> I also love Jason Sudeikis. I, I just, I can't stress enough, enough how much I love Jason Sudeikis. Like, what a gem. <laughs> just watching him interact makes me happy. I don't know how they, um, the, like, the thing I love about that show is how how the, each character has such a defined, like, you know, uh, thing about them yeah well their their whole personality is developed like mm -hmm. you know <laughs> well uh, you know what i love is is uh keely's like friendship with the team owner uh what's her name is it like miranda or something rebecca rebecca yeah. um her relationship with rebecca i like every time she describes rebecca i'm like oh that's how people refer to me <laughs> like i have a friend who um literally describes me as her tall amazonian goddess like that's literally how just that's how i'm that's how i'm referred to like 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 bailey my tall amazonian goddess oh have you met my tall amazonian goddess bailey and i'm like hi hello that is me and i very much whatever rebecca is like like whenever Keely's like, and your your legs they just keep on going, and she just kind of is like, "Thank you, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> like, I'm like, yep. the, well, you know the the you know you're talking about Keely and Rebecca, and the, like they have a double date with Roy and yeah. dude, right? And yeah, like that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing when. Uh, afterward, you know, well, first during the meal, that guy like says. I can't believe I'm having uh, dinner with. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where Roy can. <laughs> mm -hmm. He actually says that to him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what I love is after the meal, where um, Roy right. is like, "You actually want me to tell you my opinion of him?" Okay, um, <laughs> he's fine, but I didn't take you for the kind of woman who would settle for fine, like. Why he said something like, "Why the fuck do you think he deserves you?" Yeah, you know, that's what the the real question is. <laughs> yeah, and she just she like shuts the fuck up for a second, and then she's like, "Oh." <laughs> he says something like, "You deserve um, 
the, you deserve the someone who makes you feel like you've been struck by lightning. Don't don't settle for fine. I love that. that that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's the scene I really love. He's like, mm-hmm. don't you dare settle for fine. <laughs> like, you know, and it's so powerful because almost no other characters could have talked to her that way. Right. Yeah. Like she's she is kind of an intimidating person and almost no one could have talked to her like really like a mentor. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and w- after he says that to her, she looks over at Keely and Keely's like, isn't he awesome? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like this yeah. is why I love him, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What I love about it is like, it's like, he's, he's got such good insight for everybody else. And then every now and again, he just needs somebody else to do it back to him. Right. Like, right. And he doesn't know how to ask because, yeah, because he, he is so not used to just having that like pulse on what's going on. Yeah. I I like that when he was, uh, he was, uh, being a little clingy and, Mm -hmm. and he was out on the field coaching and Jamie's like, no, he doesn't need me to come in there like that. He needs me to hang out over here because he needs some space for himself to do his if thing. I come over there like three defenders are coming with me, right? Like yeah. I need to go and hang out like over here and give him room to run that play, you know? And yeah, <laughs> and Roy like realizes about his relationship that that's what he's doing. Wrong, yeah, he just goes, right? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? Like. He, he like what did i say something wrong like what <laughs> he, he walks off doesn't even explain it to them at all <laughs> just little, leaves them all standing there yeah <laughs> I, so i what i do love um on like the episode before the finale bears like adventure right crazy yeah. night out um what I love about that episodes, by the way, yeah, hard to follow, but I do love a moment at the end where he lets the, uh, the fans go out onto the field. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. That was fantastic. Those guys, those three guys are not just fans. They're like rabid super fans yeah they're They're the rabid local super fans yeah they're the rabid local super fans who can't necessarily afford to go to a game yeah right so they hang out in the bar and watch the game together right yeah they can do that right and Mm -hmm. and those and that that's a a thing that's like kind of relatable right because there's yeah there's people that like you know they just get together at their house or at the bar or whatever because you know, tickets are expensive and all of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that, those are the guys, you know, and to let them out on the pitch was like, you know, they didn't even know where they were. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and he, he drops them off there. Yeah. You know? And it gets them to turn the lights on and everything that was, you know, that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the the last episode's gonna. <laughs> you need to watch it. You're like, go watch it. Go be upset. Come back to me. <laughs> me next week with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because you're definitely gonna be you're you're gonna be uh, incensed and dying for the next season to start. 
Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, the the big like mental strain watch this week was definitely Blackbird because like it it was just so well scene set that like certain certain like scenes of it i could smell the room and i was like uh this is weird i can't like yeah i'm going to have to check that out i haven't um i hadn't really saw that it, it existed until you talked about it via text message have you seen this and i was like no yeah so uh, so for those listening along blackbird is an apple tv limited series um it has taron egatron as the the main guy in it, which is very funny to me because Taryn is pretending to be a guy from like rural Illinois uh, and his American accent is fucking dead on like it's crazy um, but the only thing I've ever seen it, uh, Taryn Egerton in is Kingsman um, alongside uh, Colin Firth and so you know I was sitting on the couch and I was like wait isn't that guy um, isn't he British and he's like yeah yeah he's British yep and I was like, well, he sounds Midwestern as fuck right now. So I don't know uh, how he's doing that, but cool. <laughs> and uh, the other thing about it is it, it's basically detailing um, the events, um, not only with Larry Hall, who was a serial, a serial killer from Indiana, um, but also uh, so Larry Hall, you know, admitted to two of the several murder, like the almost 40 murders connected to him. Um, and he basically claimed that the uh, confession was coerced and one local court agreed with him, but then he went to max security prison anyway, uh, cause that was the sentence given. And uh, he was given an opportunity to appeal again, to get that confession thrown out at which point he would go on parole and basically be a free man. And uh, Tara Negatron in the series is playing this guy, Jimmy Keene, who is like a drug runner in Chicago. And he is being uh, basically hired out by the FBI to go into this max security press prison and prove that Larry Hall did it right. Like you need to go in here and become friends with Larry Hall and tell us where those bodies are hidden so that we can gather enough evidence against this guy to make sure he doesn't get released. Hmm. Uh, fucking insane series. Uh, and it mostly Larry's, murders happened in indiana um young women in indiana in the 80s and 90s so um what i'm saying is a lot of the series uh looked like how indiana looked in the 90s and early 2000s when i was growing up uh which means it's really weird <laughs> to watch it <laughs> like like it's really weird because they're going up and they're knocking up on on uh this literal serial killer's front door and in the background it looks like my, the neighborhood where my granny lives like yeah <laughs> like, it looks like, like that neighborhood because like, like the the house in the background looks like uh it's got the same like shutters on it that the house where i grew up in had like well, shit like that worry. they didn't actually film it in indiana i'm sure so you know i mean they either did or they did get they got somebody on their scene setting who um was a similar neighborhood in pittsburgh 
or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it, like, it, it, it doesn't offer the right kind of tax structure for filming here. So there's hardly. Well, regardless, they have found somewhere else in the continental United States that looks <laughs> so much like Indiana. It's scary, like freaky. Illinois. I mean. Yeah. I mean, they could have, but literally there was this scene where, um, like Larry Hall's dad is standing out back by their graveyard slash backyard and he's burning shit in an old rusty barrel. Mm. And it looks so much like a hoarder house that I went to an estate sale auction at, uh, that I got kind of freaked out. I was like, I think I've been in that backyard. I know I haven't, but <laughs> <laughs> So, um, the, uh, Apple TV plus has been killing it. I mean, yeah. cause they have uh, shrinking, which is amazing with Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel. Right. I've been watching that, that, that shows awesome. It's really good. And then the other one that like makes me cry every time I watch an episode is dear Edward. Have you heard about mm -hmm. that? Well, didn't Apple TV also have, um, I think it was called like, this is America or something. I mean, yeah, but Dear Edward is about um, a 12-year-old that he's the lone survivor of a plane crash and the oh. aftermath of all the survivor, all the people whose family members who died on the plane. That sounds about, sad. Oh, my God. It's so emotional. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's got Connie Britton in it that was in um, mm -hmm. uh, Taylor Schilling and Nashville yeah. and uh, Taylor Schilling. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculously good. Um, Connie Edward wasn't she in something else? Connie, Connie Britton. Britton. She was in uh, she was in Friday Night Lights in Nashville for sure. Um, I think she. Her face looks familiar. Was she in American Horror Story, like the first series? I don't know. I never watched that. So that's weird to me. You didn't watch American Horror Story season one? I didn't watch any of them. No. Okay. Interesting. Like, I feel like you watch everything that's like big. No, I, I don't really like horror stories that much. Oh. So I generally stay away from them. I think they're all lame and fun. I mean, oh, she was I, I also in one of them. But. She was also in Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Yeah. It, I, I looked here and yeah, she was an American horror story. Yeah. Yeah. She was the wife in the first season. But yeah, she's, um, her character in, um, Dear Edward is that her husband died on the plane. Oh, okay. And so like we're tracking down when we track her, it's about the aftermath of like she was, you know, they were, they were kind of well-to-do New Yorkers. Mm -hmm. right? And uh, so we're tracking her as she finds out all about all of her husband's secrets. Um, it's actually made by the, uh, the same guy that did Friday night lights, the series. Mm -hmm. And um, so the writing is amazing. I don't know if you know you're. Have you ever watched Friday Night Lights? No. That's and that's one of the best series of the two thousands. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, Dad, you need to one day get into that podcast I listened to, Dungeons and Dads, because the amount you are like the dad in that series is hilarious to me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like you talking about Friday Night Lights, like it's the best show on television. There, they had an entire recurring bit on that podcast once where it was like they were talking about how Twenty Four is every dad's favorite TV show. What a great! And I was show. like, Twenty Four is awesome. 
<laughs> exactly. They were, like, they were like, every single dad in America loves 24. And I was like, you know, I remember for several years, my dad specifically adored 24. Like AJ and I both. Like, yeah, you guys like would watch it together. Yeah, we, we would watch every we watched every episode together. Yeah, like Jack Bauer. I also remember like another thing they brought up was like, when does he go to the bathroom? And <laughs> I remember they said the exact thing that you said, which is like, listen, that's what the commercial breaks are for. It's accounting for the time that you don't see him. And we don't need to see him going to the bathroom. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to be in there. <laughs> yeah. You let him have his moment, okay? You let him have that 90 seconds while we're in commercial break, okay? Yeah. That's what I'm doing during the 90 seconds. I don't know why he wouldn't be. Oh, <laughs> you guys are going to the bathroom at the same time. I, all of us were. Trust me. Yeah. That's the way that's the way it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 show was like I I think the last couple seasons we actually DVRs had happened by then. But yeah. Before, you know, there's no DVR, so there's no pause. So you have to watch all the commercials. It's in real time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you record it on VC- VHS, which I was not above doing, by the way. Fast forwarding on the tape. I'm not too proud. I'll pull out a VHS tape. Uh, uh, yeah. If, if I'll record you, over my kids' first steps. I don't care. I don't think my kids' first steps that got on there. Some of the later steps, but we didn't have a camera that day. Mm. You yeah. were living in the moment. You got early steps, just not the very first ones. Do you remember my first steps? Yes. Where was I walking to? You were walking around with AJ in the living room. Like, oh, that's adorable. AJ like would um, from when you you started standing up at about seven months. Mm-hmm. When you started standing up on furniture, he started grabbing you around the back with his other with his arm, putting his arm around you and walking you around the living room. Oh, and at about eight and a half months, you kind of shoved him off of you and started walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. That's really cute. Yeah. You were you were like eight and a half, nine months when you just started walking like in the living room at night. Like he was he was literally marching you around the house for like a month before that. <laughs> That's good practice. Yeah. He like, you know, you'd stand up there. He he thought it was funny because you fell, fell down a lot, I think was mostly his. <laughs> you know, but yeah, probably. But, you know, you have to recognize that he didn't walk uh, on his own until 14 months. Well, yeah. He could have walked before that. He just chose not to. Like, he would walk along the furniture, but not let go Mm -hmm. for several months. And um, he, one day, and he would crawl everywhere. He was a very fast crawler. But he, um, he, you know, so his crawling was so good that he didn't feel like, you know, the danger of falling over, I guess, was worth it. (laughs) Because he would, he would start to step away from the couch and then, like, or the chair or whatever he was holding on to. And then he would drop down and crawl, you know? And uh, one day he was, we were looking at pictures. We were like sitting in the floor of a bedroom at your aunt Kathy's house. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at pictures in different corners of the room. And mm-hmm. he wanted to see the pictures and he was crawling between us. And it was quicker to stand up and walk to not drop down and crawl. Mm-hmm. And he just started walking back and forth between us. And we were like, wait, he's walking. 
<laughs> cool. <laughs> like, finally. And then, and then he just walked. He he didn't like he never started the crawling thing again. After that, like 10 minutes, he yeah. he walked the rest of the, the weekend that we were there and like forever more. But but with you, you had a trainer. He he <laughs> he's like, no, come come with me, Bailey. I mean, that's how it was with potty training too, right? No, you you were actually, you know, um, uh, I mean, he didn't like help you or anything like that. It was just that you wanted to because he did, you know. Oh, okay. Well, you were like, well, I want to do that too, you know. So, yeah, you you did that a lot faster than him too because you you were determined to be potty trained because he was. Yeah. (laughs) He got to use the toilet, so you wanted to. Um, but no, it's not like he taught you how or anything, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, weird. No, I mean, yeah, but, uh, but you always wanted to try to do whatever, whatever he was doing. So, um, I mean, I think that's part of the reason that people always say like, oh, it's good to have kids like around the same age, right? Like AJ yeah. and I are only like what, 18 months apart or something. 19. Yeah. So. Like that's the benefit of it is like, yeah, you were, you were, uh, you were, uh, one of his first birthday presents. That's when we announced you to the world at his yeah. first birthday party. One of the gifts that he opened was mm. a, you're getting a baby sister or yay. That's me. Hi. Or, or baby brother. You're, you're getting a sibling. Cause we didn't know what, 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 what you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the whole room was like silent with, <gasps> <laughs> they were all shocked. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Although, you know, mom and dad, of course, and, you know, um, your other two grandparents all separate. How the hell are you going to, how are, how are you going to afford that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Just going to happen. Don't know what to say to you. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> so. We're going to figure that out. That's, uh, that's, yep. We aren't. We're not going to afford it. They're not going to make it to adulthood. They're all going <laughs> to. Well, we were hoping this one would die and then uh, and make room for the other one. <laughs> well, we're going to put them to work. That's how we're going to afford it. I was AJ's thinking of opening a, up an AJ's auto shop at, at Walmart. Then... <laughs> he's taking up later. Yeah. You know, those cute little baby pictures that they have. He's going to be the, the model. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for not listening to them and actually keeping me. I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, you know, the the thing is, we wouldn't have been announcing it to everyone if that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, <laughs> for your first we're open birthday, to suggestions whether or not for we your keep first it. birthday we're going to have an abortion. Um, because. That's an awesome present. And and little AJ going, what what what's an ab- abortion? He, he wasn't doing any of that at one. They don't, no, I mean a lot of chatter. It was like that that that. Besides, he was stuffing himself with cake. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Hey, he was actually he was like a digger. He like grabbed a hold of the first birthday cake and like the squish. Yeah. yeah. So we were wise enough, though, to have a separate cake for him and a separate cake for everyone else. That's the squishing cake. And then this one's the one that people the, eat. The little one with the number one on it. That's for him to just tear apart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
he was just squishing his fingers in it at first. He didn't realize it was food. And then, you know, uh, I, somebody, somebody reached over and grabbed some and put it in his mouth. And then he realized it was food and he started digging in. Yeah. Cause he had never had cake or anything mm. like that. And it doesn't really look like food, to be honest. Like if you, yeah. as compared to all other foods, I would say cake looks pretty much like something painted. So. Yeah. I mean, he hadn't had a lot of, um, he hadn't had anything that was like sweet like that. It was, you know, <laughs> we were, we were like, I wonder if he'll like it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? In adulthood, I think that his answer is something along the lines of, eh, it's all right, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He likes pie a lot more than cake. Yeah. But even then pie, he's not much into person. sweet things anyway. Yeah. No, he'd much rather have like a tuna noodle casserole or <laughs> mm, tuna noodle casserole, something like that. Me too, man. You'd rather have that than a cake? I'm I mean I don't know that they're comparable really, but I do love me a tuna noodle, you know. Uh, um yeah, or a uh you know, a uh, big plate of spaghetti. Ooh, big plate of spaghetti. spaghetti. I'm making spaghetti tonight. That's uh yeah. I have the stuff for it. It's happening. Okay. Yeah. Do you have what what do you have? What kind of stuff? Uh, noodles first and foremost. Uh, and then I have tomatoes, tomato paste. Um, I have red peppers. Um, I don't think I have mushrooms, but I think it'll be all right. I have a red onion, um, garlic. Yeah. I mean, I have seasoning. I have, yeah. And then, um, I have meat I was going to put in it. And I feel like maybe those are, that's, that's enough to get us going. Like, I think it'll be all right. As long as you have the right seasonings. I have Parmesan too, so. Don't forget you know. the season. I, uh, Dad, I know that you don't eat my cooking a whole lot, but I don't forget to season. I don't eat your cooking at all because your cooking is thousands of miles from me, Bailey. And you know what? If it weren't, you would be in for a delightful little treat because I'm a good cook. I would be delighted. I'd be Every, delighted. Everybody who has eaten my cooking consistently has said it's good. Sydney was over here. Sydney was living like a king. Like every meal I was dishing out, they were like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Did he enjoy your cooking? We didn't really eat in while he was here. (laughs) He kept being like, let's go to the pub. And I was like, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I think I made like one meal for him while he was here. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, I feel bad. And I was like, well, I'm going to make dinner. And he was like, well, I'll buy something at the store. And I was like, that's fine. Um, so I only, I only cooked like once. Well, so no, nope, two times, two times, cooked twice while he so was here. For our, for our next week's episode, you need to get like those three watched so that we can catch up. Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. So sorry, folks. She's, I suck. She's, uh, she skipped out on that, but that's okay. We talked about did. lots of other great stuff today. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back on next week, right? Yeehaw. Yes. Yes. So um, anyway, love you, Bailey. Love you. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.